Location, 200 Park Avenue. Whom it involves, Michael and Tommy. And the reason? We stand in front of an aging Avengers Tower, looking upon a for sale sign. You see, we've been lapping up the life of luxury ever since our discovery of where Jar Jar was. Now, even though he came back in a way we didn't expect, or call, nevertheless, we still took full credit. With this newfound success, we decided to take our business to the big times and look into an iconic spot in New York City, Avengers Tower. What we found was we weren't the only ones interested. All right, Tommy, here we are. We're back at it. We're back at our desks. They uh, said we're... we want to be back, <laughs> but here we are. We couldn't do it again. It was too big. It was too grand, and it was never going to happen. But hey, guess what? Where is Jar Jar? You know, I might call that a bit of a success, uh, considering you know how things have turned out in the Star Wars universe. Not to you know pat ourselves on the back too much by any means. Did someone connected to Jar Jar come back to the Star Wars universe after our podcast? Yes. I think that might have to be a segment in this where we, uh, you know, we're going to have to track when did they reach out to Ahmad Best to return in The Mandalorian. So, um, there's, uh, you know, I'm not, you know, something there. As we, all good investigators, uh, we have side, you know, we yeah. have side gigs, we have things, we have multiple investigations going on. And that's yeah, that one, that's very clear. Yeah. Be ongoing. But yeah, I think, I think we have uh, more important matters at hand right now. We do. Michael, as you know, We've been looking at upgrading. We want to go to the big times, baby. And there's a tower that's been just vacant. Just sitting there. For way longer than anyone probably expected it being. Like, honestly, at this point. Uh, and we all know what I'm talking about. The Avengers Tower, Michael. It's just sitting there. Why can't we have it? Why can't we have it? I mean... Uh, it would be really easy. They could just, you know, bring back the Stark Industries sign and then just cut off industries and put Wars podcast. And here we are. We're, we got our new office. It's probably in storage somewhere. Like, yeah. you, know, you know, somewhere they're just keeping that Stark. They kept the A, so it's now just Stark. Yeah. <laughs> it's just sitting in, like, some, some basement somewhere. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Uh, but here's the thing, Tommy. Uh, there's competition. There's competition everywhere. Everybody wants this tower. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I think everyone does want this tower. And like, I, I do you have, I, we've been, we've been sending out fillers to try to like, you know, get to them first, uh, figure out what they're, what, what are they doing with this tower? What do they need the tower for? Yeah. So, well, I, I think my first question, and it will start broad here, Tommy, uh, uh, this Avengers tower is not going away. It's coming back. It's coming back in a big way, whether it's ours, whether it's somebody else's. Um, but with that being said, is it, Will it be us? Will it be a good guy? Will it be a bad guy? I mean, I think that's a big question, too. It's, I mean, you know, just speaking, it, it's great location. It's right in New York. Huge building. Uh, it's very hard to build sky, skyscrapers in, in New York nowadays. You know, there's a lot of logistics going into it. Uh, so I, I understand why so many people want it. But yeah, I think it could go to anyone. I think there's a lot of options that that have been talked about on the table in the past. Uh, a lot of people's I think thought by now someone would have bought it. And I, I, I do counter that. Like there is a realm where no one gets it. It's the forgotten tower. It gets cobwebs. It's the blimp in New York that no one looks at anymore. And they just forget it's there. Ah, uh, but that prime prime, sweet New York real estate, baby. Uh, 
I don't know. I, I mean, as much as they might want to honor Tony Stark, maybe the Tony Stark Museum. Oh, start. We have a cat. Yeah, we have a cat museum. Where's the Tony Stark? He, you know what? <laughs> this is becoming anti-cap. I'm anti-cap. Uh, Tony sacrificed his life. What did Cap do? He just got old. He just got old. He doesn't. Um, he doesn't need a museum. Um. So well, here's what I did. I reached out to you know every podcast that I can get into their DMs, basically, and I wanted to know. I wanted. I, I wanted to. I wanted to like probe our community of, of podcasters and, and our listeners a little bit. Um, I, I, I also did a poll on Instagram for them. So, um, but we have, there, there seems to be some, you know, the, the usual suspects for sure. There, there was some yeah. names that kept coming up and I think we got about um, five, five good ideas, five people we might want to investigate a little bit and figure out if they're going to try to steal our tower. Was a certain orange gremlin one? Cause I hear he's always trying to buy, buy things up. Uh, was he on the list? No, he's out. Yeah, yeah, I think he's Hobgoblin. Out. Of course, I'm clearly talking about Hobgoblin. Yeah. Everyone, okay, <laughs> come on. <laughs> Hobgoblin loves his golden towers for sure. Um, so do do, do we do I want to spoil it or do we just throw us into our interviews? I, I mean, I think we yeah we let them speak for themselves. I think we have we we have some some suspects you'd expect. I think some maybe you wouldn't expect, and I think it will be a very interesting look in and. Really diving deep for us to know what we need to do to get this building. We need to know what our competitors are doing and what they think they're going to do with this building. It's the only way it works. We got to we got to get in slippery slope, you know, go espionage and figure out what's going on. For sure. So, um, yeah. Uh, anything else before before we? I mean, we gotta we're really gonna have to you know probe some people to figure out what's going on here. Uh, anything you want to close before we we do that? Yeah, I'm really hoping this works out for us. I already have some like drawing concepts. Uh, there was like, it's really just us in a pool. I'm just picturing there's a pool somewhere in the tower, <laughs> and we can podcast from the pool. Well, what about a hot tub? That'd be a... yeah. I think anybody we can water. do both. Yeah, yeah. anybody or what? A lake on the tower, Tommy? <laughs> the possibilities. A waterfall. Yeah. Oh, the pot. We need this tower, Michael. We oh need it gosh. bad. <laughs> uh, all right, Tommy. Well, let, let's do it. After discussing our options, Michael decided to reach out to a few contacts of his to figure out who else is in the bidding to take over the iconic tower. Danny and Mezzi from Unqualified Heroes got in touch that they heard rumors of a certain king of the underbelly looking to take his crimes out of the streets of New York to the next level. All right, we are here with Danny and Messi from the Unqualified Heroes podcast. <laughs> Always coming in hot. We love to see it. Um, and today we're going to be discussing a very interesting theory. Hmm. What if, did he, is he going to Kingpin... Is he going to take over Avengers Tower? You know, there are a lot of theories going around. This is one of my personal favorites. I love what they did with Kingpin and Hawkeye. So the fact that he's in the MCU here, man, like uh, I'm all for it. And like, get this man, his freaking tower. Um, I'm going to throw it to, to Danny first. Um, how are you feeling about? Uh, well, yeah. How, how do you feel? How do you feel about the theory? I love this theory. I'm so down for this theory. Someone needs to have Avengers Tower. And it'd be, look, it'd be cool. Fantastic Four, this, that, whatever. Let's throw some, like, darkness into it. Boom! Kingpin! He got the one of the biggest, I mean, 
most of us have played Spider-Man 2. It's like one of the biggest freaking towers in in New York. I don't know if they're going to keep keep it in the MCU, but I, I mean, it's a massive ass tower. So it's like, boom, Kingpin's got all that. That it, it, It's almost like an establishment of like, I'm the bomb type of thing. Like, you got to look up to me, literally and figuratively. Uh, it kind of just shows he's kind of running New York and they could totally take this, explore this lore in Echo in Daredevil. So I'm hyped for it. Yeah, Messi, same with you. You're you're all about this. You're all you're, yeah. you're just locked in. Yeah, so I, I, I remember when you you texted us this question, like we were like, dang, who who could have been the person who bought this tower? It's like Kimping makes it makes the most sense. One, because you need you need the tower, you need fixed tower when you when you talk about Kimping. Um so I do hope that he's the person who bought it because what Danny said establishes power. When you hear Kimpin, you don't think of just a random villain. You think of this guy, a mob uh, boss. Like a, a, he is the boss of New York, and he needs a tower. He needs size matter. That's, that's all I'm saying. Size matters. <laughs> well said. Uh, yeah. No. Here's a, a Danny made a good point, um, and I think it's going to be an interesting thing to track throughout this podcast. Is I think it means very different things. Not just who buys it, but what type of person buys it? Because I do think it's a lot more interesting if a villain takes this over. Like you said, like he's literally looking down on the city. Um, I think it would be awesome to have that kind of control. Um, Messi, I'll throw a question to you. I'm interested because we're coming up on Echo here. And honestly, Echo, uh, what is Echo release? And I, I honestly, I don't know right now at the top of my head. <laughs> and uh, I don't January. know when this podcast That's is coming out either. Yeah, it's on, it's on January. Um... For this show, I, I know a lot of people were on the same train, and I don't want to hear people, oh, no, we thought it was going to be good. No, Booker, everybody's hating on the show. Everybody's hating on it. People thought it's like, why they're even releasing an Echo show? And it doesn't even make sense. Like, she was the least favorite character on the whole sh- on Hawkeye. So, like, why they're making a whole show about it? Until they release the trailer. Flip. Everybody flip. People, this is, like, the best show since Daredevil. It's like... I even joined on the hype train. I cannot wait for this show. I cannot wait for all those. Uh, I don't know how many episodes they're dropping on the same day, but I, I, they're dropping all of them in the same day. So I know what I'm doing on January. I'm been watching Echo. I am excited. They, they saw Kimping with an eye patch, so he's not dead. He's back. He's there. not dead on the on on the show. So I'm excited for Echo. I cannot wait. It's a uh, TVMA, the first one. To hit a uh, actual production from Disney, it's not uh, a brought from Netflix, nothing like that. So I'm actually excited for this show. Yeah, and that's a. Well, I think that's my concern though. Is okay. That, so I, I realize we have a little bit more time. I think this podcast will come out before Echo drops. So that's good for you guys because now you can say I was here. We said it first. <laughs> it's happening. Proof <laughs> is in the pudding on the podcast. Um, so Danny, let me ask you. Since the next time we're going to see Kingpin is in Echo. Like, ha, like, let's just say it's definitely happening. Do yeah. you think that we're going to get a buildup to him getting the tower? Or do you think we're going to come back and he's like, I'm already here, baby? I think he's going to be, I'm already here, baby. I mean, yeah. you, you only got a couple. Granted, they could be like an hour or so. But you got a couple episodes. And yeah, you're going to have some kingpin to like kind of build the hype for, for Daredevil. But it's still a, a show centered around Echo and centered around Maya. So yeah, there'll be kingpin, but it's like, mainly her 
Um, so when Daredevil comes around, it's not going to like, I don't know. It's a, it's a subplot that you could have in there, but you just want to be like, boom, I'm the shit. I think the hype, I think, I think the hype has been up there since uh, Iron Man died because the tower has been bought. Yeah. Everyone's been asking. I mean, that's why we got the episode right now. They're getting on phase four. The the tower has been bought. So I think the hype has been there. We want to know who the heck, who bought this tower. So it's been too long. Could they do a flash? They could do a flashback. At this point, just tell us. I think it's <laughs> it's been far too long since they bought the tower. No one, no one has. Well, that's that's the thing for me. So, like, I see a lot of people online that are always like, "Well, why are, why is nobody talking about the ha- the Eternals' hand in the ocean?" For me, yeah. that's Avengers Tower. Why is nobody talking about this building? <laughs> like, I know it's not sitting vacant right now. Okay, somebody's up there. We're gonna find out who. Yeah, we need to know. Like, it's no, been, it's been. <laughs> Some time. It's been some years since that thing was sold. So we need to know. I mean, that and that's partially why, unless they do a flashback, which that'd be cool. It'd be I'm pretty cool. sure they will. But like yeah. you're just buying a building. Like, do we really need a flashback? You're just buying a building. Like, just tell me, boom, I'm the stuff. I already got all my all my little minion people around the building. Like, just yeah. have it already. When was the last time we saw that tower? I think the last time we saw it was a homecoming, right? Homecoming, yep, and they were yep. getting rid of it. That was what? <laughs> 2017, I think. <laughs> 2017, our time. Yeah, our time. Exactly. So it's even more exactly. their time. Because I think they're in 25 or 26 already. Something like that. Oh, my God. Uh, so, Messi, <laughs> I mean, you made up a, a great point, you know, Um Kingpin is known to have a tower, which I think is a big selling point for this particular theory. But are there any other like touchstones that you guys want to, uh, be- uh, you know, put put your uh, put your chips on here? Hmm. Mm. For like for camping and and, and specifically, yeah, just why it makes sense or or yeah. I mean, like I just like Danny said in the very beginning, like you, he needs to establish well. Not to establish because he Kipping already is he is the boss, but without the tower, he wouldn't get the trust of the people. Because as of right now, I'm not sure if this is the actual daredevil and the actual Kipping from Netflix. I don't know. This could be variants. This could be something else, something different. Because the, the theory is is not a reboot, but is is a is a new show type of thing for the new daredevil thing. Um, so for this specific, we haven't really established a person who is like a care person because some people do actually care for Kimping, and that's one of his towers. That's where he runs everything, and obviously he does the underground stuff, which a lot of people do not know. But like they're dead with Spider Man, and all those people do find out about it, and that's why they take him down. But he also needs to get in, people fall in love with him, and he needs the tower to do so. So he can have those two sides of. Best of both, best of both worlds, I guess. The other thing is, if it's not Kingpin and it's someone else, then we're waiting. Kind of like Michael, well, like like you said, Michael, we're waiting even longer to find out because I mean, the next stuff that comes out, you got Echo, and you know that's centered around Kingpin. But like, if it was someone else outside of Daredevil lore, you got Echo, Agatha, uh, the animated freshman year of Spider Man, which is probably not going to be tied to the MCU and then daredevil, which is in 2025. And then you got Deadpool and stuff like that, which may address the Stark tower, but like you may not get, if it's not Kingpin, you're not going to get the Stark tower or the Avengers tower addressed by who bought it 
till probably like 2026. That's yeah. too far. That's too far. Yeah. You're like, you need something in between now and the big projects of Fantastic Four, Deadpool, stuff like that. What is going to be that? It's going to be the hype of Kingpin having the Avengers Tower. Perfect. And I'll say, you know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna keep my opinion to myself till the end of the podcast <laughs> on, on where because y'all are too here to convince me too. Um, but I, I want to say. I do really believe in this theory. And I will say, if we don't hear about it in Echo, I don't think it's going to be Kingpin, unfortunately. Um, you know, it, it, and it, it, like you said, it might not be something we hear about for, you know, another, you know, three or four to five years. So um, we will see. Uh, I want to ask you guys, um, uh, y'all got me really hyped about all this, but I do want to know if, if there was like a secondary theory for you guys. You know, there's a lot of other stuff floating around. Do you, do you, is, do you have like, if it's not Kingpin, who are you going to be happy with? Because we were if back and not, forth on a couple people. Yeah, if it's not camping, the other the other big theory was Fantastic Four. But again, like Danny said, we won't get that until 2025, 2026, so like a couple years. So if we need a, like a now moment, I feel like Tony Stark is still in charge of it. Like obviously he's passed away, but he could have given it to his armory of like we're still getting armor wars. Uh, so maybe probably all his stuff is probably still. Never mind. Wait, no, they took it away on Spider Man. That's true. Wait, I'm wait. I'm trying to remember stuff. I don't know. It could be. It could be tied into um, Rhodey. Maybe there's some still tech in there. Maybe nobody bought it yet. It's just still, yeah, still there. Maybe they lied to us. Someone said say bought it or not. But it could be for Rhodey. Rhodey's stuff. I mean, they did. Apparently, Secret War was supposed to lead. I mean, Secret Invasion was supposed to lead to that, and obviously didn't. Um, so maybe that's. I don't know. I could be happy with that. Yeah, I mean, like Messi said, the other big theory is Fantastic Four, whether that's uh, Doom or 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 the Fantastic Four themselves, Reed Richards. But, I mean, it's a money move. It's a power move. It's got to be Kingpin. And you could say, you, or you could even say it's a Kang variant. Mm. Just okay. Hey, y'all have y'all brought up some really good points, and uh, you know we'll put a pin on those for the rest of the podcast because we <laughs> yeah 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 so other people might, got theories. You but... might be on, you might be onto something a little bit with where Look, we're going. The point is, it's Kingpin. <laughs> it doesn't matter what the other people say, no matter what how convincing they sound. I I actually have the direct phone number to Kevin Feige, and he told me. Yeah. All right, I'll, we'll get them on the podcast, um, <laughs> guys. Thank you so much for doing this. This was such a blast. It's always. I, I wish we could have talked longer. We'll do. We'll do something else soon. I promise. But um, I want to give you guys the chance to tell people about your podcast and where they can find you guys. Messy. Alright, so uh, we are on Qualify Heroes. You can always look us up on major platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and also YouTube to listen for full length episode. But if you want to just see our short stuff you can follow us on instagram tiktok and sometimes on x or uh twitter whatever you want to call it or in threats uh where we just talk comments and just release some theories out there um but yeah so if you look up up on one of those things share comment tell us where you're listening from and then we can chat with you all right, guys. Well, that is all we will talk about here today. But thank you again for doing this and on to the next one. Keeping an eye on Kingpin, we also got word from Katie and Taylor of Sisters Assembled Podcast to discuss the sightings of a foursome looking to break into the Marvel Universe in a big way.
All righty, everybody. We have a fantastic interview here today. I am a little under the weather, but luckily I have two incredible women that are going to prop me up here today and help me through getting through our biggest theory thus far. You know, we polled a bunch of different podcasters and content creators. We really want to get the vibe of like, what do people think is going to happen? Um, this is going to be interesting because it's the Baxter building, baby. Um and uh, we do have uh, the two co-hosts of the Sisters Assembled podcast, Katie and Taylor, to walk us through it. So how's it going, guys? Going good. Super excited to be back and definitely thrilled to have this particular theory. This is one that we've been talking about for a while and super excited to dive into the many notes that we prepared for this because we came ready to go. Yeah, we're pumped. Yeah, yeah, I, I I saw that you had notes. I feel like now it's a little unfair. Like you guys are like coming for war here with your theory, <laughs> so I really respect that. And you've got like the you've got like the the best theory. But I will say, um, I'm coming in with a lot of skepticism here. I don't want it to be the Baxter Building. I think it's a little too predictable. Um, you know, back to our last conversation we just had, I kind of like the idea of a villain taking it over. Like, so I'm not like sold. Like I can see it happening, but I'm not sold. And I think the other thing is uh, a lot of the theories that we're discussing revolve around characters that are already in the mcu so somebody like uh kingpin you know he he might buy that when echo drops we don't know uh so right. i feel like um the fantastic four is a little bit of a disadvantage in that way but i'm curious to hear what you guys have to say about that well i have to say that's actually interesting that you are a little skeptical for those reasons because that's actually something i said to taylor when we were prepping for this i was like i don't know I'm confident in it, but at the same time, it is the most obvious answer. So I don't actually know if Marvel's going to just give into that or if it's going to be something completely from a different world that we have we didn't even think about. So it's actually interesting that you brought that up because while I fully believe our theory, that was definitely a thought I had as well. Uh, can I ask you guys real quick? Um, I mean, it has been an absolute whirlwind for like two years with uh, rumors about who's going to play Reed Richards. It sounds like we might have landed on somebody in um, Pedro Pascal, which is insane. Um, you know, I was excited for Adam Driver. I like John Krasinski. So like I've been like every time I'm like, I love it. This is great. So uh, I'm curious. Uh, are you guys excited for uh, Pedro Pascal to enter the MCU? I'm going to take this one first because I actually almost cried. Like there were literally people texting me. Oh my God, it's Pedro because I am, I'm a huge Mandalorian fan. So I'm a fan of his from that. And then got really, really into the last of us this year. Um, so I love Pedro. I've watched a lot of his movies and TV shows. And when that came out, I honestly it was the best day of the year for me. It was like Christmas came early. So if that's true, I just think he's going to nail it. I know, you know, there's a you know an argument can be made that Marvel's kind of following the trend because Pedro's so hot this year. But I think if you've seen him in anything, you know that this man has acting chops out the wazoo. So he's going to be able to carry it with his talent and his preparation. So don't let that, you know, for anybody who's a little skeptical, don't let that popularity kind of fool you because the man's got the chops. So he can definitely carry it. And if it's true, I think it's a really, really solid casting choice. Hey, guess what? In The Last of Us, people complain that he was Joel. <laughs> they, it seems like whenever he falls into these roles, they're like, this guy? Um, but he always proves us wrong. So, yeah, so exactly. Good. Yeah, I mean, I think personally, I have not watched a lot of what he's in just because I haven't watched Star Wars. I've said that before. And The Last of Us freaked me out. The idea of it freaked <laughs> me out. So I was like, I'm not watching this. But 
I really enjoy him. Uh, what I have seen, he's really great. I have also greatly enjoyed his time on SNL when he hosted. That was hilarious, the skits he did. Um, I will say it was a left field person to bring in. I think he's going to do a great job no matter what, but I was really shocked, and I don't think I ever would have pictured him as Reed Richards. Yeah, that's fair. Well, let's let's move into your theory a little bit more here. And I don't know who wants to go first or how your notes are broken up, but I'm going to throw it to you guys and like give me some juicy uh, ideas that you guys have for how this might work. All right. So I'll kick it off. We kind of just have a stream of consciousness bulleted list of notes. So I'm going to just go down our first one because it's got a full, you know, a couple of, of sub bullets within it. So I think first, and this kind of goes, it touches on what we were talking about before with the idea of it being the most obvious is the idea that the Fantastic Four movie is coming out as of right now in early 2025. So say it's revealed in an upcoming project that it is the Baxter building or even in the Fantastic Four movie, it just makes sense. They're coming. We know they're coming. It's logical. Uh, we know that they're going to be super important in Secret Wars, so it makes sense that they would also have their base um, in New York, which, as we know, is pretty much ground zero for everything <laughs> in the MCU, basically starting with the Avengers. Um, and we know Kevin has confirmed it's not going to be an origin story, so it does make sense that there would already be kind of a Baxter Foundation. They would have all of that already set up. And I love the idea of, especially considering this has been you know, purchased since Homecoming. I always get the Spider-Mans confused, but it's been purchased since Homecoming, which came out in 20... Oh my gosh. Katie, help me out. What year did that come 2016. out? 2016. 2016, thank you. Came out in 2016 or 2017, one of those two. And basically they've had it now for eight years. I love the idea of the Fantastic Four just kind of secretly being around for the last eight years. And it's not until now when we're fully ready for them, fully moving into Secret Wars, living in this multiversal era that they're going to make their appearance and really be known. Um, and the last sub bullet I have just in the Fantastic Four umbrella overall is that Rama Tut is a Fantastic Four villain, and then we have seen him in Quantumania. Again, just another hint that they're coming, but I think every little hint that they're coming can also be a you know notch in the cap for the Baxter building because we're going to have Easter eggs for them, and I think the building is the biggest one, and that is just one kind of overarching, the Fantastic Four are coming, so this is the Baxter building because it makes sense. Point. <laughs> what say you, Katie? So the first thing from my part of the list was that, quite frankly, if we put this in thinking of what's important in the comics, the Baxter building is one of the most iconic buildings in New York City from the comics. I mean, you can argue, obviously, Avengers Tower is a huge one. And so when you see that that's such an important building, and I know Taylor has something about like the location of the building as well. I mean, this building was already made for superheroes. It was built to have a lab for somebody like a Reed Richards to maybe one day step into and do his experiments. And so, I mean, wouldn't you want the Baxter building to step right into what the Avengers Tower left off already as the iconic superhero building in New York City? Well said. And then going off of that, as you may or may not know, I live in New York. So I was looking at locations specifically. Um, if you guys aren't aware, Stark Tower is in the location of what is in real life, the MetLife building, basically just behind Grand Central Station. It's actually like a few blocks from where I live. It's an area that I'm very familiar with. 
what's cool about the Baxter uh, the Baxter Building's location in the comics is that they're actually like a block and a half apart. So if you're looking actually geographically at the island of Manhattan, they're in pretty much the same location. So it just naturally makes sense. Hey, we're going to put the Baxter Building exactly where it belongs, right next to Grand Central Station, aka the place where Stark Tower currently is. Now it's really unfair. You live right next to it. I mean, come I on. You have a lot of influence here. <laughs> walk in front of it every single day. <laughs> That's really cool. Um, uh, what else you guys got? So going off of then the idea of the Fantastic Four, just who they are in the comics. So a lot of mine came from just the idea of the comics precedence of, of the Fantastic Four. But they are the first family of Marvel. They are one of the most well-known superhero groups to walk the earth. I mean, you can ask people who don't know anything about Marvel and they'll probably know who the Fantastic Four are. And so it could be very simple, symbolic to be passing the torch almost by the means of this building. Our first OG Avengers who owned this building, who were in this building, passing it on now to the first family, a very symbolic moment for the MCU. And speaking of symbolic moments, if we're going to go in the category of brainy men, we're going from one brainy man, Tony Stark, who is unfortunately for some, in our book, that's okay, he's dead, sorry, but Tony died, and now we need another brainy man to take up and be like the smartest dude, smartest man, let's, let's clarify that, the smartest man in the universe, Shuri, I'm looking at you, honey, you are way up there too, but you know, we need the next torch of smart man. And that is going to be Reed Richards. So, you know, let's put them in the same spot from one smart man to the next smart man, all in the same building. And if we keep that comparison kind of going, then you also have the fact that the building played, I mean, the Avengers Tower in general played such an important role in the first three phases. It was, I mean, part of Loki's invasion was solely because of the power that was coming and that was generating from that tower. So Loki's invasion, it was a prominent building in that. Obviously, Ultron is physically made in that building. And so I, it could be a great through line to keep it going. And we know that the F4 are going to be huge in Secret Wars. And I hope play an even bigger role after that. I feel like they haven't had the chance pre-MCU. I think they're really getting set up to be able to do that. So you know, obviously buildings are not characters, but in its own way to have a consistent set and to be able to say something that we saw in, you know, I guess you could say it was technically phase two when we really started to see it more. But still, from the very beginning of the MCU to where we are now to keep that through line, I think could be a really great feature for a lot of MCU fans. And I might even push back a little bit and say it is basically a character in the MCU, you know, like that, that, that building, looking at it, it reminds me of memories of things that happened there. And it brings me back into those moments and it evokes things in me that you would never really suspect from just a building. And maybe this is a wild harebrained idea to just sit here for, you know, two and a half hours, however long this podcast is going to be and talk about an inanimate building. Um, I might be a little <laughs> crazy, but I do love it. I really do. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Katie, I'll let you continue down your list because my list is, or my last one is just kind of a, a ace in the hole, I think. <laughs> okay. Cool. So my last one is just the idea. So this is this is like a little bit of a deep dive. And for those of you who haven't watched Far From Home in a while, I'll, I'll be honest, Taylor and I only found this last night when we were looking into all of this. We didn't even notice. So outside when Spider-Man at the end is swinging around and he's showing I almost called her Zendaya. He's showing MJ all sorts of stuff as he's Spider-Man right before the big ending. 
you see a sign on the construction area that is for this building. And it says, we're so excited to show you what comes next. And it has a one, a two, a three, and then an arrow pointing to a question mark that is just not filled out. Now, of course, Far From Home took place prior to phase four. It was technically the last movie of phase three. So people can argue that this is to say phase four, we didn't know what was coming next. But I will argue back by saying John Watts, who did the Spider-Man trilogy in the MCU, was at the time supposed to be doing the Fantastic Four movie. And so you could also say one, two, three was his Spider-Man trilogy that was going to be happening. And he's pointing towards a questionable four because he was supposed to be doing the Fantastic Four movie afterwards. That's, you know, and here's the, here's the crazy part about this, because everything you said can be 100% valid and probably even true, right? Like we can totally walk away and say, that's right. That's what they were planning. But the scary thing is with everything going on in the MCU, we can't guarantee anything anymore. Like there, there's probably yeah. people in rooms right now discussing what they're going to do at this building. So it is very interesting. Oh, uh, 100%. I mean, at this point, anything is up in the air. Oh, for sure. And then the last, <laughs> the last point that we have for why it's the Baxter building, I think is the weakest, but also the strongest is that there's no actual explicit proof that it's not the Baxter building. And the reason that we point this out is if you think back to, you know, any of the Spider-Man movies, especially like Homecoming, when they were talking about, you know, there's a new owner, new owner, new owner. It's a major plot point. A lot of people were saying, oh, my God, it's Oscorp, right? Like, we're going to get the Osbournes. It's in the Spider-Man, you know, canon. Obviously, we all know the story. It makes so much sense. But that has been, like, debunked. It's been disproven. We have producers out here saying that it could be the Baxter building, not ever fully debunking that it's not. So just the absence of negativity, to me, is a note to the positive because we've had other theories absolutely said, no, these this does not exist in this universe. It's not going to be this. So Baxter building still on the table, therefore the number one leader in my book. Wow. Well said. No, that, that makes sense to me. And I think, you know, it, even if I'm, you know, going to uh, put some crutches on your theory a little bit, you know, I know we don't like to admit it, but there is a possibility that Tony Stark comes back and they could really explain that he had that connection with them the entire time. Maybe it was their building the entire time. Probably. I mean, maybe, I don't know, but it, it's possible. There's something there. For sure. All right. Is that it? That is all. You killed it. You guys crushed it. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for doing this. I want to give you guys the chance real quick um, to actually, you know what? Give us, do you have a secondary theory? Do you want to like, uh, if it's not this or maybe a dream? So that's good. I can throw one out and it's, (laughs) it's actually one I kind of laugh at, but because of, and this was pre our podcast. So unfortunately there isn't explicit proof of this, but because of WandaVision, I'm just going to throw it out there. (laughs) There's a new theory that Mephisto is involved in the Avengers Tower. (laughs) And whether or not it's my secondary theory because of fact or actual things to back it up or just because it's just been one of those things where it's like, maybe it's Mephisto for everything. I just kind of enjoy that one. That one's a good one to just get behind every once in a while. Yeah, Mephisto bumps up every once in a while, and he attaches himself to whatever relevant theory is is going on at the time. So, you know what? Hey, I'm for it. Let's do it. (laughs) Give us Mephisto. (laughs) 
What about you, Taylor? Mine is that it's uh, rocks on because two reasons. One, um, it actually is in Loki. We have Rock Smart, I think it's called, in season one. We see it in one of the apocalypses. And so it definitely exists in the universe, which is great. The reason I actually want it, though, and this may be an unpopular opinion, is I actually really liked the Cloak and Dagger show. Um, and they are created in that show. Their powers are given to them by some sort of meltdown at a Roxxon facility. And I would love to see those characters again. I think they're super interesting. So it's kind of a combo of it does exist in the universe, but also it could open the door to some really interesting characters that I wouldn't mind seeing again. Awesome. I love that. Uh, I was not a Cloak and Dagger fan, unfortunately, but um, <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll see. There might be uh, some other interesting theories coming up here on the podcast. But guys, I want to thank you guys so much for doing this. It was such a blast. Um, would you guys like to plug your podcast and where people can find you online and all that good stuff? Sure. Uh, well, first of all, thanks so much for having us back. Always a blast. Um, you can find our show, Sisters Assembled, on all of your podcast platforms of choice. Um, and also our website, which is uh, wordpress.com. Sorry, sistersassembled.wordpress.com. Uh, we have calendars and all kinds of links on there. It's basically the hub for everything. So it's a good spot to check out. Yeah. And you can also find us and follow us on Twitter or X if you are still on that platform at Disassembled Pod and Instagram and Threads at Sisters Assembled. All righty, guys. Thank you so much again. We are going to move on to the next one. Goodbye. With more and more people looking interested in buying this real estate, we talked to Danny Fandoms to discuss the possibility the future buyer may not be who we think it is. It may be a variation of someone we already know. And we are back here, guys, with another interview another theory to completely dive into and today i am joined by the great wonderful danny fandoms how's it going danny i'm doing fantastic thanks for having me back on the podcast man yeah absolutely um i think you uh you know just you know following you on instagram i i know that you're a very intelligent uh marvel fan which is something that i really appreciate you explain things to me all the time and i'm excited for you to explain this particular theory to me because it's the one i'm probably the least familiar with and actually to be honest with you you know we we kind of pulled everybody we asked everybody what their opinions were you were the one person that kind of brought this up so um that really spotlighted you into this theory so um if you would I'll, i'm gonna throw it to you and uh let let you tell people uh, what your theory is for who bought Avengers Tower. Yeah, so my theory for who bought Avengers Tower is going to be the Kang variant of Mr. Griffin, who is the owner of Kang Industries. And I think it's very interesting that you say that um, I'm the only one who brought this up because I always felt that this theory was pretty low-hanging fruit. And uh, I have a few notes here. I have like my two main touch points and then some stuff like um, information that I got from the comics just to... Um, help uh help this argument a little bit more and the thing i'm gonna start with is uh loki season one we enter the void and we see the kang tower in the same shape as um the stark tower then avengers tower that we know so uh we knew that at least somewhere out in the multiverse there was, was at least one uh universe where this happens um and then on top of that this does happen in the comics it's one of the first things if you look up um, Kang Industries in Marvel, you'll find that Kang Industries purchased uh, Stark Tower. So right away, I, f I found that connection. And then um, if you just keep reading on there, obviously, again, you have the Kang variant of Mr. Griffin. And I want to dig into that just a little bit more. Um, 
Mr. Griffin being this just businessman, basically um, the Tony Stark uh, version of Kang, very um, uh, entrepreneurial, uses his intelligent mind uh, to build up uh, his wealth through uh, developing new technologies, because he does have that um, 31st century mind while he's in the 21st century. And the thing I found about this is that you'll often see him just um, in this plain business-like suit. And if you go to that end credit scene uh, from Ant-Man the Wasp Quantumania, where we see the Council of Kangs, of course we see the highlights, we see the Pharaoh Ramatuts, we see um, Immortus and uh, Scarlet Centurion. But if you pause it just the right second, you will see a variant of Kang in a suit. You will see Jonathan Majors and all these other Kang variants are there in their purple uh, robes, their green robes, some sort of mix and match of both. But there's only one in a suit. And it's like, that's got to be Mr. Griffin if I've ever seen one. Um, so those were my two main touch points from uh, the MCU that we can um, actually see uh, on screen that we can um, use for this theory. So, so in here, here's um, I'm going to give you some pushback a little bit uh, just to challenge you. Um, I, I think a big thing is while there the clues are there, there's definitely breadcrumbs. It could make sense. I think especially in you know the more modern MCU, um, I don't know how subtle uh, they are anymore. You know, I think I think they are subtle with you know uh, you know nice little nods to comic books and and you know there's like you'll see a number in the background and it'll correspond to a comic that might have something to do with what's going on. You know, there's always these little Easter eggs that we get. Um, and to be honest with you, this kind of feels like an Easter egg to me. And um, I, I do like the concept of like especially this being like the multiversal arc. We've seen this in the multiverse. Um, if there's any way for that to cross over, it would make a lot of sense. But what say you? I mean, um, uh, any any uh, pushback on my Easter egg theory? Yeah, I would say that I think a Marvel is still being um, quite subtle in things. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that uh, haven't actually come through fruition. And I think that is just a factor of how big the universe has gotten. I mean, let's go back all the way to phase one where we end Iron Man two with the post credit scene with Thor's hammer in the, in the sands of um, New Mexico. And then boom, the next movie is Thor. Whereas right now we have a lot of post credit scenes and a lot of um, threads from different movies to pull on that have not come to fruition. Um, Clea from Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. Uh, some stuff in uh, Secret Invasion. Um, Hercules. Hercules and uh, Thor Love and Thunder, yes. Um, Harry Styles, I forgot that character's name. Yes, exactly. Um, Eros, yes. Yeah. Um, but then I think um, there's certain stuff that, at least one thing that has come out of it. And uh, our most recent Marvel film, uh, The Marvels, where we have uh, Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel meeting up with Kate Bishop to start forming the Young Avengers. And we know a Kang variant plays a lot into that, um, into that storyline uh, with uh, Iron, Iron Lad uh, coming into that. And the only other thing that I would say about that is that we have some other uh, Young Avengers still out there. She does mention uh, Cassie Lang, who doesn't even get a superhero name yet, um, whether it be Stature or Stinger, um, any other version of her. But uh, one, I think, we 
could get is, uh, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting his name now, um, from um, Isaiah Bradley's grandson from Captain America and the Winter and yeah, and the Winter Soldier, um, or rather Falcon and the Winter Soldier, then Captain America and the Winter Soldier, um, Elijah Bradley. We, we, we get a brief glimpse of him. You know, he opens the door. Um, he's there. He's there for a few conversations, but doesn't say much. But it's not like, um, I don't know. It's not like they call him like, oh, he's some sort of patriot, isn't he? It's like, <laughs> no, no. It's just, hey, uh, Elijah, open the door. It's like, oh, put it together if you're a comics fan. And then, you know, um, we could see that explored later. And I think um, with this forming of the Young Avengers that, we will see that because right now we got three team members um, actually named. Um, but then, you know, we could have Elijah Bradley. Um, who else could we have? We, we have a confirmed um, Billy coming back for um, Agatha Coven of Chaos, House of Harkness, whatever other name they want to throw on there. They should just call it um, Agatha all along and play the theme song <laughs> just... on, on every, on every episode. Yeah. Uh, print uh, money for sure. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Here's a, here's my other my other uh, you know you came on here with two big points. I got two counterpoints. Right, that was my first one. But I think the other one, and this is like the big question. I mean, you can throw this out for any possible thing when you're speculating about the future of the MCU. The question is, are we even dealing with Kang anymore? Are are, are we? Is this? Are they going to trash this entire concept? And um, where where do you stand on that? Do you, do you? Do you? Because uh, I'll be honest, where I sit, and from. You know, there's a there's a lot of conversations. I'm not gonna get into all of it. If it were up to me, I would say we don't need it. You know, we can divert, we can do something else. We've seen Kang, he's great, but it's not like it's set in stone. So where do you fall on that? Yeah, I think there's a lot of stuff outside of just the movies and the content that you know it's it's out of anyone's control uh, other than the main people involved. And like you said, I I don't want to get into it either, really. Um but when they come out on stage, you know, at these conventions and they call it the multiverse saga, I think they have to follow through with it. Um, whether they pivot in some fashion, um, they can do that. I mean, there's all the chatter of pivoting from Kang to, um, to Dr. Doom, who does play a big role in the um, Secret Wars comics. So you still have a multiverse story that you're adapting just with a different villain. So I definitely think you can do that. Um, but, you know, with the jury still out on certain issues, I think, um, well, just to answer the question, I would say, yes, they do continue with the multiverse. Again, with our most recent Marvel movie ending with a multiverse cliffhanger, um, Doctor Strange, who is said to be one of the tent poles of this saga going forward ending having a whole movie about the multiverse and ending with a multiverse um related cliffhanger um and i gotta think maybe even agatha all along goes into uh some of those story points as well i really don't see them completely scrapping it maybe pivoting um but that's what i would see them doing at, at the most they would do is pivot not completely scrap it Okay, so actually, I, I did come up with another counterpoint. Well, it's not a quick, I'm more or so a question. Um, so I, I think a big conversation is, especially when we're going through a lot of these different theories, is like, what type of person is taking it over? I think the big question that we've had thus far is, is it going to be a hero or a villain? I, I think that's that's one of our biggest questions. And I think another big question is like, is this going to be like um, a galactic level threat or is this going to be a street level threat, right? We, we, we'll talk about Kingpin. We'll talk about Kang. So like, 
um I, I guess maybe that's where my bigger hold up is like number one I, i've already said it i would love to see a villain take over the tower i think it's a nice twist on everything going on and then number two I, I do think that it does fit the street level a little bit more do you have an opinion on that and actually i'll even branch out a little bit more i do want to hear if you do have any other theories outside of this one as well that you would fall back on yeah for sure so i do think it would be a more um, you know, as the, what's the term they use in the far from home, uh, the Avengers level threat with the big, big uh, threats coming to um, the MCU. And that's why I still stick with my theory of it being a, a Mr. Griffin or a Kang um, because of the two points I mentioned from the movies. But then we also have a little bit that we can pull on from the comics. Um, uh, as I was doing some research, you know, there's this whole storyline that's part of that where Mr. Griffin is actually able to mess with like vision's code and kind of take him over and okay while we don't have original vision right now out there we do have the white vision and then here's where um uh, i don't really like to go too much into storylines that we don't really know of but just hear me out on this so we have the armor wars movie coming out and we know that um, that's supposed to deal with who takes over tony's technology and we could get or there has been at least some rumors out there about white vision returning in there so what if one of the players in there is this unknown kang industries or just uh, a mr griffin coming uh in there and we know uh white vision is still like kind of having his identity crisis it appears um so he could have um corrupted him or you know pl play into that um and adapt that storyline and then if you read a little bit further um Mr. Griffin, if uh, if I'm remembering it all correctly, ends up doing some sort of attack on Atlantic City, and who's in Atlantic City is Miss Marvel, who you know has already been well established with her own series, and then coming back in the Marvels and now forming the Young Avengers. So there's some um, comic storylines that could easily be adapted because we already have the characters in place in the MCU. They're not really having to introduce anyone new other than a new Kang variant. Um, and then to answer the question about who else um, might um, or any other theories I have is just it becoming the Baxter building. And I'm, the only thing I'm going off of that is that we have a confirmed Fantastic Four movie coming out. Nothing much other than that, really. Watch us get the answer of who bought Avengers Tower in like Echo or something. <laughs> We've talked about this and I'm like rushing to get this podcast out before Echo premieres so that we can at least say uh, maybe maybe we called it. Depends on what we kind of finalize here at the end, but um danny i think i think you've uh you've really made your case and I, I think a big one is and this has been my thing throughout this was my theory with young avengers for the longest time i was like the pieces are there it's coming you know like it's all here and i think you, this fits a similar mold in that like there's not too much stretching we have to do with a theory like this so um i, I would really uh like to thank you for coming on here uh pitching to us and uh, we'll be having a round table eventually to discuss all the theories. And um, we will, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about this pitch as well. So um, again, thank you. And I, I also want to give you a chance to tell people about where they can find you online. Yeah, again, thanks for having me back, man. And yeah, you can find me online. You can find me on Instagram, uh, Twitch, and YouTube at Danny Fandoms. Um, yeah, where I'm doing a lot of Easter egg breakdowns. I like love talking about Marvel, love talking about Star Wars, Disney, all my favorite fandoms. And sometimes I like to branch out. Um, Doctor Who just came to Disney Plus. I might start talking about that. That sounds like a fun one to dive into. But yeah, I love doing all those really uh, deep dive 
uh, in-depth uh, hidden details through the shows, through the movies, on all these franchises because um, the writers, the directors, even the actors put in a lot of work. And so I want to go in and try to find those little hidden messages that they work so hard to put in. I also feel like you've cornered kind of a niche in that like, yes, yeah, so there's like a lot of like, you know, the Easter egg videos on YouTube and stuff like that. But I don't see as many like short form content like you're creating. And you're somebody that like I have to when I see when I'm scrolling through my feed. I see it. I'm like, I got to listen because he's going to inform me on something here. So you're a great follow on Instagram. Again, that's Danny Fandoms. And uh, we will catch you on the flip side. See you guys. When we think New York, we think of a certain web head swinging around. Michael talks to David from the Why So Sidious podcast to figure out if the Avengers Tower renovations could be done by someone who considers himself something of a scientist. All right, everybody, we are back here with another Avengers Tower theory, and I'm joined by a fabulous guest, uh, one of our good friends, David, from the Why So Sidious podcast. David, how are you? Oh, I am doing great, Michael. I'm happy to be back yet again. I think this might be a third trip on the show here, so I'm excited. Uh, I'm ready to to get this theory out here and maybe uh, convince some people. See what we can do. All right, putting your stake in the ground here. Uh, David, if you want, you can go ahead and set up. What are you going to be pitching us today? Yes, so today, um, as you've probably done already, uh, the Avengers Tower, we're trying to see who bought it out we have still yet to get any type of feedback on that. Um, we saw Spider-Man glide through it, I think, during uh, No Way Home, maybe at one point. There was some Easter egg, of them, maybe far from home. I feel like it's been a while. But anyway, yeah, so, you know, I am going to go ahead and come out. I know there's other uh, more popular theories coming out, but I'm going to go ahead and sway the jury on the fact that Norman Osborn and Oscorp has purchased this building. Now, I'll lay out, you know, how this might come to be how this could be even possible and then maybe why so by now we know in the 616 mcu universe there's no oscorp um we never saw it we never saw anybody named osborn in the 20-something films before that spider-man movie and then in that beautiful project we were graced with willem defoe's norman osborn aka the green goblin um from the toby Maguire universe and in that movie he searches throughout i don't know how thorough his search was if he went on google if he searched around physically but he comes back and says there is no oscorp there is no harry there is no norman osborne so obvious the avengers tower isn't going to be purchased by oscorp right i mean you know what an absolutely foolish theory uh, to throw out there so cut past secret wars we have just gotten one of the most chaotic and cinematic experiences we've had in years avengers secret wars the MCU totally didn't continue to disappoint. It totally kept being great and on the ball since the Iger recycle phase. Things really started getting back onto track on uh, phase five. Speaking into existence. So the multiverse has reset. And due to set events, things are not as we remember. There's a power vacuum going on. Norman Osborn is now in this main universe we are following, whether it be 616 or one massive combined one. I don't know what they're doing. And Oscorp is going to be flourishing. And Norman has purchased Avengers Tower. So that's one way it could realistically happen, but I got some reasons why. So I don't know what if you got any thoughts on that so far. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and say this. This is one of the theories that has more of an uphill battle, right? Because there are like lines in the movies that say <laughs> that there is no Oscorp. But I, I think that there's also I think if we think outside the box a little bit, I think there's uh 
there is a way. And, and I think there's, I think the biggest problem we have here is this is something that we're dealing with with the Sony universe. And you can't speak with anything with confidence sur uh, surrounding any Spider-Man character or villain or storyline whatsoever. I mean, it, it really is like it's the, the contracts and all that. It, you, you just can't put it past them. You don't know what they're going to do. Um, but I do think also that opens the doors for other possibilities where does Avengers Tower end up in the Sony universe? I don't know. You know, like the, it, just because it's not in the MCU doesn't necessarily mean it's not in existence at all. So um, I think the other possibility, the one that like maybe I'm more reminiscing on and I think that would be really exciting and kind of a cool twist mm. is what if there is our in-universe Norman Osborn that we haven't met yet and Spider-Man meets him and realizes, hey, I already met this guy. Um, and we get a new Norman Osborn. As much as I love Willem Dafoe, um, right. you know, it, I love Green Goblin too. I think they love Green Goblin. We have three Spider-Man. Why can't we have two Green Goblins? So that's, right. that's what I'm I think that's very fair. Um, the Sony point is super interesting. Um, I mean, not the part. Yeah, obviously, it's like no man's land because of those contracts over there. So that is a whole nother level of this. Um, but the thought of the Avengers Tower popping up in the Sony verse is interesting. I never even considered that. But Norman could pop up in the Sony verse. They have, you know, Madam Web and Craven and all this crap coming out. So we don't know. Um, we don't know. He might show up in the, the Sony verse there. Um, but yeah, maybe maybe our Norman was just wrong. Maybe there is a Norman Osborn and he just didn't find it in time. I don't know. But I am proud to fight this uphill battle. And I think it needs to be fought because here's some here's a few reasons why uh, Norman Osborn is one of the richest, most capable villains of the comic book world. I mean, not only is he rich, he's intelligent. He's also the Green Goblin, the arch nemesis of Spider-Man. Uh, he's an incredibly dynamic character, you know, almost the Joker of the Marvel Universe. So he's big. He's important. And with Spider-Man starting a new journey that's going to be more street level stories and involve Spider-Man's rogues galleries, I'd say he's pretty due to join. And I think he could fit in very nicely with the plot of Spider-Man Homecoming. Osborn could be collecting the salvaged Chitari tech in the background, whether through damage control or black market purchases. Um, he could have been using this stuff to put Oscorp on the map. Uh, you know, he could have been doing stuff in the meantime to advance this technology that is going to rival Stark Industries, the previous owner of Avengers Tower. And there's a lot of stuff there between Tony Stark and Norman Osborn, too. Um, it'd be poetic because the building of Peter's, me Peter, Peter's mentor would now be owned by the future nemesis of Peter. It'd be a little one-two switch there, and we'd be going from this, you know, rich and intelligent hero to a rich and intelligent villain. It'd be a really nice poetic switch if Norman was the one to take over the tower here. So that's one of the main reasons I kind of like. Yeah, no, and I, I've actually mentioned this a couple on the other interviews. I'm, I'm becoming a, a, you know, a, a parrot on this topic, but I, I think you hit the nail on the head with that poetic switch. I've been championing the villains taking over the tower this whole time. That's my, that's what I want. You know, I think it yeah. would be cool to have like, you know, this daunting overseeing eye of New York City from Avengers Tower. I think that that I, I think it's uh, wrought with great ideas and metaphors. And yeah, I'm all about it. So uh, and the fact that there is that connection between Spider-Man, Tony and uh, Osborne. I mean, I, that's poetry, baby. Yes. And I love the way you said that villain presence in the center of New York, overwatching everything almost. It's always there. You can see it from every part of the city and it's the villains. And that runs perfectly into another point I have on this, which is a comic run known as Dark Reign. 
Now, some of you may have never heard of it. Um, maybe you have. But essentially, this follows up Secret Invasion. Norman Osborn gets the kill shot on the Queen Scroll and ends the battle, the Secret Invasion. He ends it. And so he's the hero. He eventually becomes the head of S.H.I.E.L.D. He becomes the head of the Avengers. And the Thunderbolts eventually become the new Avengers known as the Dark Avengers. Well, we have the Thunderbolts coming into the MCU right now. And one of those main characters in the Dark Avengers team that Norman has a massive connection with, Sentry. Sentry is coming into this as well. So a lot of stuff for lining up. And not only that, but Norman wears the Iron Patriot outfit in this run. So he'd literally be taking Tony Stark's place pretty much here. Um, we just finished Secret Invasion. I mean, there's a ton of stuff. And it's a super cool run. Like Thunderbolts all dress up as the Avengers. So Bullseye's and Hawkeye's outfit. And um, I forget everybody else who's a part of it. But they all kind of start acting like they're the heroes. And it's an amazing story. But I perfect timing for this story to be a thing. So I've actually never read that comic series. You've kind of selling me on it. I think I want to go there now. Uh, but it is interesting that you bring up Thunderbolts. Um, and a theory that we're actually not diving into at all, um, but I have seen a little chatter online, you know, wrapping into the the Thunderbolt storyline a little bit, Valentina Fontaine. I mean, I think there is a lot of, if, if we're not directly talking about Oscorp, I think that there is a path there that we end up finding out what happens to Avengers Tower in Thunderbolts. One way or another. Yeah, that's a great call because she's going to be a major player in this, obviously, going forward. And she's obviously got power. She's showing up everywhere. She's recruiting, essentially, the Thunderbolts. So, she, yeah, she's going to be towards the head of them. So that would be interesting. That would be interesting. I like her, too. I, I like her character. Um, she's fun. So... My last thing about this will be, and it's sticking with the villains. Like you said, I totally am with you. I think we need to switch up. We need the villains to take over the MCU right now. And, uh, you know, we won't go into it because I'm sure you'll talk about it at some point. But obviously, we've had a recent change of villains in the MCU with some recent news. You know what? Can I talk about this real quick? Because this is interesting. <laughs> yeah. The last interview, and they're, they're going to be following this. We're kind of, if you're listening to this now, you know, we're, we're talking like a couple weeks out now. But mm. I recorded. <laughs> A theory about a Kang variant taking over, and the next morning, Jonathan Majors was fired. No. So you guys are watching in real time as we are dealing with this. And we got to get this podcast out quick because with the way Marvel news goes, it's like, I mean, Avengers Tower yeah. might get announced tomorrow. We got to hurry. So yeah, <laughs> sorry, I, I, I'm explaining for the audience at this point because that, that last interview is going to be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. I know that's what's hard. That's what's hard about live breaking news sometimes when you're recording these things. It's like. Things could have changed in two days. So, you you know, you might sound totally off by the we've done that multiple times. So, yeah, we don't know what's going to happen there. We have no idea. All we know is there's a possibility for a villain change up and a little bit of shift of direction. Norman Osborn would be a pretty solid uh, character to help fill that role and to help fill some of the villainous spots there. For sure. Um. So on top of that, I will just say one of the things Norman Osborn does in, in Dark Reign once he becomes gets in power he calls he summons all of these villains for a meeting after he gains power and they're they're known as the cabal so you got lady loki dr doom emma frost namor a few others and it's essentially a counterpart to illuminati who again we just got brought into the mcu and dr strange multiverse of madness and tony stark was a major part of that so it's just yet another parallel that norman could really come into this and i think if the cabal was in the mcu that would be awesome so i will I don't have a casting for Norman Osborn. I know that's not what this segment is about. We're talking about him just taking over. But I think 
Michael Shannon, Brian Cranston, something like that. He comes in. My co-host Jeremy said Matthew McConaughey, which actually, like, hey. you know, hey, all right, all right. <laughs> Caleb suggested James Franco, which I didn't like quite as much, but obviously he played Harry Osborne at one point. But anyways, I don't know who it would be, but if they brought in Norman Osborne and then to fill that other villain role, Killian Murphy as Doctor Doom, I'm going to say the future of the MCU is gleaming. So... I'm just throwing it out there, you know, but I, I fully think it would be an awesome move to bring Oscorp into this tower. Absolutely. And you know what? Uh, I am definitely walking out of this interview a little bit more optimistic on the theory than I did coming in for sure. I think I think you've made some good points. And I think that's the big thing. And a lot of this is like, where are the strings that we can pull together to make this make sense? And right. um uh, you know, sometimes that's a really hard task. And sometimes it's easier than others. Like, for instance, we have a Fantastic Four movie coming up. We don't have an Oscorp movie coming up. Uh, right. But no, I think you've <laughs> sold it well with some comic accurate stuff and stuff mm. that's going on in the MCU. Um, so I, I do appreciate it. David, I want to ask before we, we close out, um, plant your, you know, I don't want to, I don't want you to put all your eggs in one basket. If you were to plant your flag with another uh, theory here, what's your backup? So my backup would probably be the safe play, which is, I think, when we first came onto the show and we threw out some theories here, uh, it was the Baxter building. Uh, that was the kind of main theory coming. Fantastic Four is obviously coming into this. We're getting all this news of this castings, and that would be a really easy way to slowly bring in the Fantastic Four. You could just have a mention of, oh, meet me at the Baxter building or something like that in a Spider-Man movie, and it could be just that little thing that you start working in more and more. So I think if I had to make a very safe bet, life depended on it, I would bet on it being the Baxter building, which is the home base of the Fantastic Four. But if it was a payout, you know, you got to risk it to get the biscuit. I'm going with my Oscorp pick. Yeah, listen, I, I mean, everybody, you know, that we talked to, they had, you know, they had a theory here and there, but everybody said the Baxter building, right? right. I, I think that's just the leading theory at this point. And right. guess what? I don't like a predictable story. So um, <laughs> that's a big problem for me. So uh, I, I think, it, to be honest, I'm just going to say, I think it'd be a little lame. I mean, it'll work, yeah. I guess. But, um, you know, we all see it coming and that's when you need to shift. So um, totally. Uh, David, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, it was kind of last minute too. So you really pulled it together for me and I appreciate that. Uh, I want to give you a chance to tell people about your podcast and everything else they can find you doing online. Yeah. Hey, well, I, first off, I appreciate you having me on again. It's always a blast. And it was, uh, I, yeah, I actually started getting pretty excited for it. You know, it might've been last minute, but I was like, actually, this is, yeah, I like this. Okay. I'm, I'm, <laughs> we're rolling here. It'll be fun. So it was great to come on. Um, you can find us, uh, why so Sidious, a nerd podcast. We're on all the major podcast platforms, um, Instagram, TikTok, and X at why so Sidious pod. We're always posting on there. Um, so you can pretty much find all of our stuff there or on YouTube at Why So Sidious. So yeah, we pretty much, you know, same kind of deal. We're covering the nerd stuff as we go, stuff that drops, older stuff. We're ranking the MCU. Um, we got a box office draft that's kind of wrapping up here. I am banking on Dune. If Dune does not perform, Caleb might win. Um, and then we're going to have our annual City Awards coming out, which is kind of our own personal uh, Oscars. So yeah, we, we got some fun st stuff coming out and we just released our 100th episode. So yeah, yeah go ahead well, and congratulations. give us a, a Thanks. Yeah, you guys, y'all do great content, um, you know, on social media and on the podcast. So um, really great work with everything you guys got going on over there. But uh, we will be heading into our next interview now. Again, thank you, David. And we will see you on the flip side. Thinking big led us to thinking about the possibility that maybe the buyer could be someone closer to Tony Stark, the original owner of Avengers Tower. 
someone who is always trying to climb above Tony. Michael talks this out with Andy from the Galactic Core podcast. Hello, Michael. Hello, Tommy. Hello to the Stark Wars faithful out there. Uh, this is Andy uh, from the Galactic Court podcast, and I'm here today to talk to you about one of the many possible theories in Michael and Tommy's latest thrilling mystery. Where is Jar Jar? No, sorry, sorry, getting myself confused uh, with the uh, with the previous one that they've done. This time round, we are looking at who bought the Avengers Tower. There are many great theories out there, to be fair. Um, there are some you know, really popular ones, the prevailing ones. I'm here today to talk to you about one that's quite possibly a little less popular, a little less you know, at the forefront of everyone's thoughts. It's probably a little more out there, but we're going to have a chat about it nonetheless because there's always the potential for it. So who has bought Avengers Tower? Who could it be, possibly? So my thinking, Justin Hammer. Um, if you're not familiar with Justin Hammer, let me just give you a quick recap of um, of who he is exactly. Justin Hammer was the CEO of Hammer Industries. He was one of the antagonists of the Iron Man 2 film that came out way ages ago now, back in 2010. Um, he has always been, or he sees himself anyway, as a rival to Tony Stark. He's arrogant, he's self-assured and confident. Um, he's never quite been up there in terms of his tech has never been quite at the same level as, um, as Stark Industries and, and as Tony's. He's tried multiple times to replicate Tony's technology and failed. We even see in Iron Man 2, he's trying to replicate the suit and he injures a, uh, a pilot quite badly. Um, and he teams up with Ivan Vanko to try and, you know, take over the designs of the bots and make his own suits, which again was unsuccessful. So at the end of that film, he's arrested for his dealings with Vanko and, um, and for what he was trying to obviously do. So he does go to prison because the last time that we've seen him in the MCU was in the Marvel one shot, one, one shot, all hail the King. Um, we do see him at, um, at Seagate penitentiary where um, he is basically a bit pissed off that Trevor Slatter is getting so much attention in prison. Um, to be fair, his state Seagate was kept a secret from a large part of the inmate population. Um, although a lot of them obviously had rumors that there was a millionaire somewhere in the prison. Um, he's obviously you know, resenting what's going on with Trevor. He's not having the attention and obviously he's sitting reading a magazine with pepper pots on the front of it, which he's obviously knocked off about as well. So that's the last time we physically see him um in the in the MCU. So a lot of time has passed since then. There's every chance that he may have been released from prison now. Has he kept his fortune? Is he still in charge of Hammer Industries? The chances are obviously probably not, but maybe now if he's being released, he's he's back in charge. Um the only other time we've really seen him since then is in What If season two. Um there's an episode called Happy Hogan Saves Christmas where the premise of this is that um, in this alternate timeline, alternate universe, um, Hammer himself goes with a bunch of goons um, and a computer virus and tries to take over the Avengers Tower because he wants it for himself. So maybe that can kind of lead into his theory a little bit, that um, that he could be one of the ones that support Avengers Tower. He's always been jealous of Tony about his achievements. He wants to be up there with him, even though he's not quite been on the same level. So. 
what better way for him to be able to get his ego back on top to get everyone thinking that he is a rival to you know Stark Industries and Tony himself by buying Avengers Tower and being the next one to to have that building you know such an iconic building Avengers Stark Industries and now he's you know be great egotistically for him to be able to have that building it'd be a great starting point for him to be able to launch a new business um with the i couldn't remember 100 percent if it's confirmed but obviously there are big rumors that he is going to be playing a role in armor wars obviously featuring uh Brody and, and war machine which he's had dealings with in iron man 2 because he was the military contractor that they called in when Rhodes took off with the iron man suit and tried to outfit him with a bunch of stuff to become War Machine. Um, some of that obviously being faulty tech. I don't know if you remember, but he had this missile called the Ex-Wife that uh, Rhodey tried to use, and it didn't even scratch Manco's uh, whiplash armor. It was that uh, that pathetic. It just fizzled out like a firework, like a bad firework. So there's every... Justin Hammer has every reason to want to buy this tower, to get himself back on top, and to have people thinking that he's amazing. Not just for his own ego, but because he wants to rival Tony Stark. He wants to be up there. Um, he said many times that he, you know, as much as he's egotistically trying to compete with Tony and has a go at him and wants to almost kill him in a way, he um, he wants to be thought of as, as a technological rival, as someone who can compete with the best because he likes to think he's the best. Um, even though we've kind of seen in the MCU he isn't really. So that's kind of it, really, in terms of you know his motivations for potentially wanting to to own Avengers Tower. He wants to get up there. He wants to be the best. After everything that's gone on and Tony no longer even being around, he's got every you know chance and every possibility of being someone that could go in and buy it. If he's still got all you know all of his millions and a bit of power and wealth after coming out of prison, why not have Justin Hammer kicking new life into Hammer Industries? by buying Avengers Tower and being the one that sits at the top in that penthouse. So that's my theory for you. Um, obviously, we'll have to wait and see if it turns out to be true. Uh, but thank you very much for listening to me. Uh, if you want to catch the Galactic Core podcast and myself, um, you can catch us on Instagram, um, on TikTok, on Twitch, and on YouTube as well. We're putting everything out on there. So please jump over, give us a subscribe, give us a watch. You can catch us on Spotify, Apple Music, and all the other good places where you can catch your podcasts. Tune in to see what other theories um, Michael and Tommy have for you. I know they've got some great ones coming up. Um, but until next time, I'll catch you later. With all our suspects laid out, we decided to call in Jordan and Dez from the Two Black Nerds podcast to narrow it down and analyze all the information gathered. All right. After so many different deep dives with so many lovely different podcasters and content creators, we are finally here at the end with one of our favorite podcasts to help close us out and give us a final prediction set in stone here. It is Jordan and Des from the Two Black Nerds podcast. Guys, how's it going? It's amazing. Thank you for having us on. Super excited to uh, go through some of these theories and figure out who who's the perpetrator. Who has this? Like, it's, <laughs> yeah, he's a good. It's one of the biggest questions, and so I'm ready to get to it. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. At the start of this, Tommy and I talked. I said, you know, they they already had the Stark sign up there. This could be the Stark Wars Tower, for all we know. You know, we want to throw that in the <laughs> ring, if possible. 
Um, like but that. no, I want to throw it to you guys. Like coming into this, like uh, you know, I pitched you guys to come to this final roundtable. I'm sure you guys have had an opinion on this. So, is there like one like before we dive into anything else? Is there one theory that you guys are really trumping here? You know, man, for me, I think uh, the the one that feels like the most logical, just because I, I get the sense that they're, that they're holding off. It, it does feel like Fantastic Four Baxter building situation mm -hmm. where it's like. We just haven't heard anything for so long because they just have to wait until the movie come out, you know, comes out. And, and I think that uh, that that does feel likely because you also have to have a headquarter space for the Fantastic Four. Like that's a, a very key defining aspect to them as characters like they have a space um, very much like the Avengers have had and we've seen in the movies. And so, like, you want them to have that place that they can that they can go back to. So that's always felt like the one that makes the most sense. But on the contrary, part of me thinks that because it used to be Avengers Tower in the in the possession of heroes, maybe they might go in a different direction and give the tower to a villain. So I have thought about that and considered that as well. Yeah, I think I think the back, I mean, I'm pretty much with you, Jordan. The Baxter building just makes so much sense. And uh, I, I like that hold off piece you said, too, because part of me feels like if it was someone else that we wouldn't potentially know by now um in in uh, you know one of the uh, also of course popular theories is the the norman osborne of it all it's like oh would they be holding that off for you know a spider-man movie or something but it, it 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 doesn't really i don't know i'm not getting that sense i'm not getting it doesn't feel like that to me like they would set something like that up um and so i, I really do like the 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 baxter building the most right now yeah, and I think that's been kind of the theme coming through here, and I think you guys laid it out pretty well. Number one, there is this behemoth that is the Fantastic Four that really, um, you know, we had we had the Sisters Assemble podcast on here pitching the case for the Fantastic Four, and honestly, everybody feels like that is the ultimate decision that's going to happen here. But Jordan, I also, this whole time, it's been a constant theme for me where I'm like, but how cool would it be? If there was a villain at the top of that tower looking mm -hmm. over New York City, I think that's a theme that I think would be really awesome to explore here. Um, that being said, we love the bat. We love Fantastic Four. We love the Baxter building. Love for that to happen. But we do have some other options here that I'm going to throw at you guys um, and we'll talk about just to kind of see what you guys think. I'm going to go to this next one because I think the big thing about the Baxter building is the fact that we do have this Fantastic Four project coming up, but there is another project that's coming up that I think hints towards another theory even more, which is Armor Wars and the fact that Justin Hammer could be a very awesome person to take over this tower. Obviously, he has this rivalry with Tony Stark. I think that you know his ego would want him to take over in uh, that building mm -hmm. and also Tony Stark's place in it as well. Um, do you guys have any theories on if that could possibly be a thing? Oh man, that's a that's a really good one actually. Just because of that full circle nature of what that could mm -hmm. be, you know, the fact that Justin Hammer has been away for so long, we haven't really seen him as as a true presence since Iron Man Two. There's been like that one shot appearance, I think, in in, in one of those short films that they did. But um, that would be that would be amazing, I think. And 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 often like Justin Hammer is as as a villain that can really tie into the Armor Wars pieces you said because that that does feel like a void to the MCU lately like we're not getting much of that that Iron Man side of the world anymore just because of you know Tony Stark being dead and gone now um so that could be a good way to just like continue that legacy and that thread so I'm really I, I like that I like that idea a lot and it would surprise people the most I think I think I think that that's probably the one that 
people are not really clocking. And if that were to happen, mm -hmm. it would genuinely surprise a lot of people. Yeah, I think that's that. that it was it would definitely surprise me. I'd be like, whoa, Justin Hammer <laughs> bought the Avengers Tower, but it also makes a ton of sense. Um, we haven't seen him in a while. Arm, like you said, Armor Wars is coming up, and uh, even even beyond Armor Wars, after uh, um, what well, really I guess the whole Iron Man world, right? Between uh, you got Riri, <laughs> who's on our way, um, and so it's just. I don't know. It feels like there does need to be another presence in that world that potentially gets gets, you know, all of those people bought back in, you know. Um, so, yeah, that could be interesting. Even. I know it sounds crazy, but even in thinking about what uh, uh, Pepper and her daughter have going on over here, them being reintroduced in some way could be interesting. And so I think something like that, them buying that tower would get all these people back in again for Armor Wars and for Ironheart as a, a, a to be built as a world again. And don't we want Sam Rockwell back in the MCU? Like, That's what it's all about at the end of the day, right, guys? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah we're just looking for that excuse. I think that has a, a big thumb on the scale for this theory. I'm going to go to one that I'm actually just going to throw away. Okay, there was a, there was a theory we discussed, and, and you guys stop me if I'm wrong. Um, there was a big theory that um, Kang Enterprises would take over um avengers tower and what's really interesting about this podcast is we've been building this for about two months now and news and projects have come out and altered the theories of things that, that have gone on number one uh you know our big one a kingpin we were really nervous that echo might destroy the kingpin theory we, we weren't sure how that was going to go and the other one uh unfortunately no longer associated with jonathan majors what does that mean for the future of king Unfortunately, I, th I think this means, you know, Kang Enterprises uh, obviously run by a Kang variant. I just don't see that being the path anymore. And unfortunately, uh, to our good friend Danny Phantoms that pitched the theory, I just don't have a lot of faith in this one anymore. Yeah. I, Des, do you have any thoughts on this? Because I'm like, I, to even think about Kang anymore, like in, in, in any <laughs> prominent force or figure, it, it is difficult. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, it almost makes me think even more about the Baxter building. I know it sounds crazy, but in that Kang, you know, is, you yeah. know, a descendant of the Richards. I, it's just like, it's like, I, I feel like if it, was, if it was on the table and Marvel was thinking about it, they'd be like, we just should just make it the Baxter building and not a Kang Industries building because it could all tie into each other. Or, you know, maybe that maybe that could be the Baxter building versus Kang. Like maybe one of them wins over the building over the other. You know, I don't know. But I think there's a couple things there. Um, but yeah. And to that point, too, I would like as 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 the tower in New York City, I, I associated with a position of power, a position of prominence mm. over New York. And, you know, New York is like the capital of Marvel Comics, essentially. That's like the centerpiece. And Kang is a character doesn't really I don't really that, that, that doesn't scream like Kang to me, like the, the tower. You know, it, it, it's definitely other characters that mm -hmm. I think are more associated with it. I, I, I would probably put Dr. Doom in that spot before Kang just mm -hmm. because of the rivalry that he has with with Reed Richards. And, you know, they're both scientists and super intelligent. And, and I think that relationship to New York is also important. So like Kang, that kind of eliminates him even outside of like all of the developments that have happened outside of, you know, the story with, you know, all of the extra controversy as well. I agree. And also Kang is much more of a 
cosmic adjacent villain whereas mm -hmm. i feel like somebody like you know kingpin or justin hammer more of a street level type uh villain yeah. pro more grounded to earth to new york make a little bit more sense so um i will say doc the dr doom i don't know i got a little bit of chills when he said that i feel like that you know that <laughs> swerve could work really well for me also you know we're kind of getting into the fantastic four you know people get serviced in that way and then you take that that hard left and give it to dr doom and also you get your villain in the sky which uh, you know i'm all about at this point speaking i've mentioned this man a couple times now um obviously we just saw i don't know if you guys have finished the echo show yet um just I dropped so um i do want to get your guys's opinion on what if kingpin were to take over uh avengers tower could you see that oh i i, I love the prospect of kingpin taking over i mean if you really want to get that character off to a great start in the mcu hawkeye notwithstanding I think that giving him the tower is is a great way to do that just because we we know Kingpin's power and what he's capable of. He is in charge of the criminal underworld of New York City. Um and and they just said, you know, in one of those interviews with one of the producers that he's supposed to be the Thanos of the street level MCU and 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 I think a great way to represent that is, you know, stopping short of him becoming mayor of New York City, giving him one of the most prominent skyscrapers in the city to overlook the entire, you know, the entire skyline of New York. It's just a really powerful image. I could totally see that working. I do, I do love that. Um, I guess we would just have to figure out a way of, of how to, how to work it into the current story. And, you know, what's the reasoning for him buying the tower? Obviously it's a, it's a show of power and a show of force and excessiveness, but what else could he do with that? I'd be interested to see like other avenues they could explore if he were to potentially be the one to purchase it. Yeah. To be honest, out of all of them, even though in my we we kind of just said Baxter Building seems to be one of the most you know probable. This is probably my favorite. Like Kingpin owning that tower is like it creates so much, um, and you can you can really bring all of those those street level heroes and villains to the forefront with that tower uh, uh, because you know we've seen him own little things, tire shops, and you know just so much random stuff. But to have a tower in the middle of new york city as jordan said which is like the center of the mcu uh, or just marvel comics in general is like that's the to me that's 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 kingpin and and uh, uh michael you even said you know you imagine a villain sitting up there with his hands behind his back i imagine nobody else but kingpin sitting at the top of that tower with his hands behind his back looking onto new york city ready to to just own it all and so it's definitely my favorite pick Awesome. So I'm going to throw two more short ones. These are ones we didn't do segments on, but they're ones that have popped in my head and I can't get them out just yet. So I'm going to just real quick, uh, I'm going to get your opinions on a hero and a villain here. Um, Valentina De Fontaine. Obviously, I think she's got her hands in a lot of baskets. This could be something that comes up later on. Um, and also, um, what if it was just uh, acquired by sword or shield rather? Um, what if this became, um, you know, a, a Nick Fury real estate property. Um, I, I think these are things to also consider. I, I'll I'll comment on the Nick Fury piece. I mean, if if he were to acquire acquire the tower on behalf of Sword, I mean, he probably would have the best portfolio, real estate portfolio in the world at that point, because he also has the the space station now as well as like his 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 main headquarters. And you know, if he were to get the tower, it's like, oh wow, you know, you have everything under your under your un umbrella. Um, you know, th those are interesting. They're, they're interesting. They could go places, but they also feel like to some extent, at least with like the Nick Fury aspect, it feels like we've been there, done that, you know, shield had like incredible headquarters in DC. We saw that that got destroyed in winter soldier. Um, Valentina, I just don't, 
I don't know. I just don't have that connection with that character just yet to be like, I would love that. I would love to see her own this tower for such a prominent, you know, skyscraper of real estate in the MCU for it to be her with just the way that they've handled the character. I feel like that would be somewhat underwhelming. Yeah, it'd be it'd be weird to be like Thunderbolts Tower. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, what's going on there? But that would create an interesting movie, though, in the ways of which like a lot of people would hate that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like a lot of people would be like that. That's who bought this thing. And they would talk about it. I think that could be like a funny that could be a funny. What if you know what I'm saying? Valentina buys like the, the tower. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't I don't see that either. And Nick Fury buying it. He. I, he feels greedy at that point, bro. You got a whole space. <laughs> you got a whole space station. You know, why are you buying this thing right here, right now? You know, I, I don't see that either because, yeah, it's just you already have too much going on. So you can't you can't buy it all, Nick Fury. Stop it. I don't even think S.H.I.E.L.D. pays people well. So, like, where he's getting the money from, I don't know. Like, we saw we saw Falcon struggling to pay off their, their boat oh, mortgage, you know, and it's like. If Shield or Sword is holding out to buy this tower, that that that's some shady business right there. Well said, well said. Okay, so the, this is this has come to me now. We're, we're we, we've we've discussed our theories. I, I, it's hard to bet against the Baxter Building, so I, I I feel like, especially with the with the uh, numerous amounts of points that um, not only just like incredible Easter eggs we found in the MCU, um, a lot of comic book references that that makes a lot of sense for this to be the Baxter Building. I think we can't bet against it. With that being said, I would like to, I think, I think it's fair to say, because again, a lot of the theme of this episode has been hero or villain. So I think it's fair to say if it's going to be a hero, it's going to be the fantastic four, but if it's going to be a villain, you know, just based on some of the things you guys said today, I would say Kingpin. I think that's where I would want to put that crown. Um, is there any objection there? Not, legitimately an objection but to just throw another thing in there we did float the name norman osborne if i'm betting i wouldn't bet on norman osborne but what i would say in spider-man no way home we found out that oscorp did not exist in the mcu but there could be a rationale to say we're going to start oscorp in the mcu and a part of starting oscorp could be the purchasing of this tower leading to that 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 the, the presence of that organization that company in in the mcu but uh I mean, honestly, realistically, I feel like Kingpin is is the logical villain option for this for this conversation. Yeah, I don't have much to add to that. Um, I guess I'll, I'll float one more name in there just because we didn't talk about it. Roxanne is always still in the present, actually present in the MCU. We've actually seen some Roxanne things. Uh, I don't think it's to them either, <laughs> but always oh, a possibility. But I think you got it, Michael. I really do think. Those are the two. If it's heroes, Baxter, if it's a villain, it's Kingpin. And I really if if it's either if it's not one of those, I would probably be pretty pleasantly surprised. So I, I like those picks. All right. I think I think we I think we put a put it all on black here. So congrats, guys. I think we've uh, come up with our our two theories here. I think it, you know, maybe we'll, we'll let people fight in the comments over, you know, the Baxter building or or Kingpin taking over. But uh, I, I think we've come to a great decision here, guys, and I'm very proud of it. Um, I got to say, though, just before, because we got to give some love. I really like what you said, Jordan, about uh, Norman Osborn. And here's the thing. Norman Osborn, not in the MCU yet. And I yeah. think that's something that would be really cool one day when mm -hmm. when Peter Parker strolls up on a man and he goes, hello, my name's Norman Osborn. And he flashes back 
Uh, I think that uh, I think that would be really cool. So, um, guys, thank you so much again for doing this. This was a blast. Uh, getting your expertise here at the end was was really awesome to us. So, I want to give you guys the chance to tell people where they can find your work online and anything else you're you're up to. Absolutely. Thank you again for inviting us on, Michael. This was super fun. But you can find us anywhere on social media at Two Black Nerds, the number two. Um, and follow us on on our podcast platforms. We're pretty much on every podcast podcast platform spotify apple all the major ones we drop episodes typically on tuesdays we're reviewing the latest marvel stuff as well um just talked about dc stuff as well with uh, aquaman and the lost kingdom we'll be chatting about echo very soon once we get through that show um and give us a follow give us a shout like us subscribe and definitely tune in for everything we got coming avengers tower is a staple of the marvel universe it represents that even when the heroes are scattered across time and space earth is protected the mcu has changed though it is evolving, and so too is what the tower represents. Whomever takes it over, this landmark will make clear what marvel of the future we are looking towards. After looking at every angle and having a discussion, Michael and I believe that the tower will either go to Fantastic Four or Kingpin. One represents the possibilities of the future of Marvel, representing new stories that take us far and wide. The other represents getting back to the roots and focusing in on the smaller, grittier stories, focusing on the darker sides of the people of Earth. As heartbroken as we are that the homeowners won't be us, Michael and I are excited to see this historic building matter once more in the MCU. Thank you to everyone who helped us to investigate this mystery.